the galaxy is full of film, and this is the Galaxy of Film Podcast. And welcome back to the brand episode Galaxy of Film. I am, of course, your host, Max. I'm with my co-host, Danilo. How are you doing, my friend? Well, dude, I graduated, so I'm doing pretty good. Congratulations. Thank you. And shout out to Nick Hamblin, who also graduated. <laughs> Jesus. What else happened to you today, Danilo? Go ahead and tell our listeners how, how eventful your day has been. Yeah, dude, so... Uh... I got zooted last night. I woke up late today. I had to get my Chick-fil-A. So I got that. Shout out to Chick-fil-A. Sponsor us. Shout out to Little Caesars. Sponsor us. I go to work. I do my job. I get an email saying I have to turn in pre-production binders for my thesis film. I just never did. I forgot about it. So then I had to go at home during my lunch. I ripped, I ripped, ripped the drive home. Ripped it back to work. That was my break. Then I sat in the back room and uploaded the document. And my boss was just not happy about that. So then they, they said, punch out, go home. How does it make you feel, Danilo? <laughs> you just got fired over over your film, basically. It makes me feel fine. Okay, sick one, dude. Yeah, this man was texting me the whole fucking time about it and everything. Yeah, because I was like, I feel like there should be more of a conversation going on there if I was fired, but whatever. Oh, well, dude. No fucking well. It doesn't really matter when Galaxy of Film is my full-time job. That's what I'm saying, dude. Honestly, I put in more hours to this in this podcast, the YouTube, whatever, than my job, and I work full time there. That's how it should be, dude. What job do you work for again? Uh, myself. I work at Galaxy of Film. I'm just not getting paid by it at the moment. <laughs> yeah, but who do you work for, and you do uh, get paid by? Amazon, sadly. Yeah, take this as a threat, Amazon. Yeah, speaking of, speaking of fucking threads to Amazon, thank you for this. You know, I want to bring it to my fucking attention. Danilo, what what school is, what university is that? Do you have your Oakland. issues with? Oakland? Yeah, yeah, fuck Oakland University. Yeah. So a couple episodes ago, Danilo went ahead and spoke for Galaxy of Film that we're, we're at war with Oakland University. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to say I'm at war with Amazon. All right, I put a Galaxy of Film sticker in the restroom at Amazon so my coworkers can have some quality content to sit there and listen to or watch because we're also yeah. on YouTube and TikTok as they're taking a shit on company time. You know what Amazon does? You know what Mr. Bezos sends his employees to do? My coworkers to do? Not you come and, yeah, dude. They don't come and peel the sticker off. They take a fucking grinder and they grind the sticker off of the fucking bathroom wall. A fucking metal grinder, dude. I shit you not. Jeff Bezos, fuck you. We're going to goddamn war, dude. I want to be reimbursed my fucking stickers, bro. Deadass. We've had enough fucking issues of sticker meal fucking up a couple of them. I got a whole batch of Spotify stickers I can't fucking use. And now, you know what? I'm a couple stickers less because of you, Jeff. Sick one. I threw away that whole batch that didn't work, dude. Okay, yeah, dude, that's what I should have put on that fucking wall. I should have really given him something to grind for. Fuck you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're not alone this week on Galaxy of Film. Thank God. Joining us yet again, we got Jake from Mayhem Pictures. How are you doing, bud? 
I'm great. Uh, I've just been enjoying the uh, original films that we have in theaters right now. Very nice. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff going on in theaters right now. I mean, it's packed. It's fucking packed, oh, yeah. dude. How how has your work life been, Jake? Have you are you going to war with anybody? Are you getting fired? I'm going to war with my local theater chain, which just got bought out. All the locations by me by AMC. It's beautiful. This so is the one with the you constantly had issues with, right? Coming oh, out back. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it, the issues are still present, but okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk it up to growing pains because they're adjusting to the AMC life. So. We're gonna leave it at that, but all of the ones around me, I, I swore after I saw everything everywhere all at once, I said, I said, never going back to Bowtie Cinemas ever again. Mm. I can now I can now say that was not hyperbole, that was not an exaggeration, because Bowtie Cinemas around me is dead. So Good. it's all AMC. It's beautiful. I got A-list, we're 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 going to the movies. That, that, there you go, Drew. We're going to war with people. I, I I got a place, dude. I got a place too. Oakland University, they heard my man, dude. You know, I just fucking hate that establishment. I got another one, dude. Okay. So me and my buddy go to the bar on Friday night, all right? The waitress thinks we're gay. So that was already an L. There's a long story about that. But, you know, um, do we have time for it on the podcast? Go go for it, dude. Go for it. We already got yourself in this hole. Dig yourself out of it, bud. Okay. So me and my buddy, we go to this bar, 2 Ralu, downtown Rochester. And we get this waitress, and she comes up to me, and she's like, Danilo. And she didn't say my name, but she's like, hey, oh, my God. You look so familiar. Did you go to... Stony Creek High School, and me, being a nice gentleman, this was my response and my facial expression. You guys can testify to it. No. <laughs> then after that, we ordered two margaritas, and she forgets the order, so she comes back to our table, and she's like, oh, I forgot the order. And I'm like, how do you forget the order, honey? It was the same drink, and we just gave it to you. You know, and she's like, I, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I got distracted. I forgot your order. So my buddy is like, oh, I have that effect on people. Yeah, after that, the waitress just wasn't having it, dude. She just was not having it. So then she comes back with our drinks. It took only 20 minutes. We're sitting down there sober, and I'm like, sick one. <laughs> then she doesn't come back for, like, 40 minutes. We're trying to grab a bite, dude. So I was like, um, can we get some pizza? The pizza came out in, like, 10 minutes, probably because the cook made it. Not this stupid bitch. Then, Jesus, dude! Come how on. do you forget an order, man? You came up and you asked us, "What would you like?" We ordered the same drink, and she asked us twice the first time she came around. After I said no to her, she's like, "What? What? What are you having to drink?" Then she asked again after we finished that, "What? What are you guys having to drink?" Then she came back again saying she forgot the order. So you know, after that, we're like sick one. Okay, we eat our food, we have our first drink, we get our second round of drinks. My buddy's like, can I get another margarita? I wasn't a big fan of theirs, so I didn't want one. I was just topping, I was just finishing off and probably going to go with the Long Island, the classic. But then, she comes back with two margaritas. And I'm like, honey, honey, I didn't order this. So at that point, we think that she thought I was my friend's bitch. Because, you know, first I just deny her straight up. And then, anyway, dude, anyway, to Ralu, if you're out there, and Waitress, if you are hearing this, I do remember you. We went to middle school together. You were the weird fuck who didn't know anything. You were, like, surrounded by horses or some shit. I know exactly who you are. Never address me by my first name, last name, or anything. <laughs> also, awful drinks, by the way, dude. Awful drinks. Good steak tips. Good steak tips, though. God, dude, that was one of the most degrading things you have ever said. What the what? fuck? Dude, 
how do you forget an order? Like, I'm so nice to waitresses, man. I'm so nice to them. Are but they you? forget it. Yeah, dude. Dude, dude, very dude, well. dude, you're like fucking Steve Buscemi at the start of Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, dude, you know what? Dude, I'm, I'm sorry. There's no one. It was pouring rain. 20 degrees and we go to this bar. There's five people in there. Honey, you're only serving one other table, which already has ordered and are drinking. We ordered two of the same margaritas. You know what service doesn't have this type of bad service? Chilies. Oh, but for my some reason, fuck. in downtown Rochester, our chilies closes at nine. I want to take my date to go get lit at Chili's. We're not closing the store up at nine. Wow, this has turned to a fucking episode. Jesus. All right. I hate the city, bro. You know what? Shout out to Rochester, Oakland County. If there was a nuke that were to be dropped from Russia, Putin, 48307 is the area code. Let him rip. Oh, wow. It's going gonna, gonna to be hard finding a job, dude. It's going to be hard finding a job. Yeah, I can't promote this episode. You just fucking right then and there. Um, introducing our second guest for this week. You know, only 10 minutes into this fucking thing. Uh, welcoming back to the show, we've got Curtis. How are you doing, bud? Uh, doing all right, man. How about yourself? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm fucking here. This is Galaxy of Film. That's, that's all I can say. (laughs) This is our brand. Yeah, maybe just making a fucking statement and stick one for interrupting me, dude. All right, Ch- chill the fuck out. All right, thanks, dude. God, I lost my train of thought. Sick. I had an important question for Curtis, dude. Good one, good one. Curtis, what about you, dude? Did you get fired this week too, or something? Uh, <laughs> yep, sure, shit did. <laughs> yeah, it's just some minor bullshit. I mean, I understand why, but it was just like, eh, whatever. I forgot we just got done talking about that. Jesus yeah. fuck. <laughs> That's it's fine. And it gives me more time to watch the fucking Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, which has been the funniest shit I've watched in the past like three weeks. Oh, we might need to do an LFG on that, dude. I don't get. Yeah, I'll be posting that one. I'll be saying some stuff. I'll get in on that because those those lawyers are so. I think honestly, Danilo could have a better argument than all those lawyers. They're so bad. Thank you, thank you for that, Curtis. Yeah, if you guys, if you guys want LFG, um. Joined up Amber Heard, tag us, comment, email, who the fuck knows? Reach out to us. I want to hear these thoughts. I want to hear them, dude. Good time, dude. Good time. I'm, you know, I. this episode is just lots of giggles. Off to the races we are. Before we get into the news, guys, I dropped a new video over at Galaxy Film Productions on YouTube called The Summoning of Periapus. Um, this was just a fun little side project with some of my friends up here in Raleigh. Um, they were kind enough to want to go ahead and participate in this. We had a good time, fun editing, some, uh, some new music with the, from Dakari is featured in as well, like always, so go check it out. Fun thing, it was a parody on uh, mid-2000s ghost shows. Like, uh, What were those shows called, Jake? I forgot the name of them. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like the History Channel or whatever? Like ghost hunting. Ghost hunters. Um, ghost adventures. Yeah. All that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah, th- those there might have been like a There might have been like a flagship one that was like the, the one, you know? Yeah, there was. Know. Post Malone was on it a few years ago. That was the last I heard of it, was seeing his appearance. BuzzFeed Unsolved. I don't know. I forget the name of it. 
I remember that Post Malone was a big deal because that was right after his first album, I think. Because he was riding that that fur that that high of debuting, pretty much. Check it out. What'd you say? Beer bongs and Bentleys, or one before that? Stony, one before that. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah, this is when like before we had the face to all the face tattoos. Um, he was hair so was longer. Good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Check it out. It's on the Galaxy Film Productions called The Summoning Pariapus. Fun little project. Danilo, are you ready to get into the news for this week, bro? Oh, yeah, I'm ready, dude. There's been kind of a lot of news this week. There is, dude. We've got CinemaCon going on. Yeah. Yep. A lot of of new stuff coming out, being announced. Um, Some stuff I'm excited for. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm not excited for, though, is this first bit of news. Um, Avatar 2 finally has a title, The Way of Water. Um, I personally fucking hate Avatar. I'm renting this um, from, yeah, Blockbuster, actually. Renting this from Blockbuster on Blu-ray right when it came out after theaters. And I fucking hated it. Whoa, dude, whoa. Do you, do you enjoy Avatar, Daniela? Me and my dad watched it from Blockbuster as well. Shout out to Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Um, had a great court memory of my dad that night. Once everyone started sucking off uh, the blue people's cocks for some goddamn reason of this movie, I hated it. This movie yeah. can burn in hell for all I care. I, I never want to see another Avatar movie with blue people and Colonel Sanders flying in a helicopter that looks like it's from 2028 or some shit like that. So you're referring to the weird sex scene where they tie their hair together or whatever the fuck that was? I forgot. It was, it was only yeah. one time long. Yeah, me too, man. Like this is a movie for tree huggers, bro. Remember that, too. Tree huggers should like this movie. I was going to say you- this is for demos in the walmart <laughs> the entertainment section <laughs> that's what this movie is for <laughs> that, too. that too it's no fuck this movie dude i'm not gonna see this but that's it's interesting you mention that though because that scene is like the the only like awkward like movie interaction my parents i've had or like we just don't make eye contact like we all can clearly like not want to look at each other we don't talk about it that was avatar for us out of all the like weird fucked up things I've seen, Avatar was the thing we don't discuss for some reason. For me, it was a Clockwork Orange with my family. <laughs> what, dude? <laughs> Jake, how are you feeling about this uh, bit of news? Um, I'm glad it's finally coming out, but I feel like they've been talking about this since like 2015 or some shit. It's, it's been like almost 10 yeah. years since since it's been first announced. So I'm glad it's finally coming out. Um. I think it's going to probably have that, like, Fantastic Beast effect where it's, like, they announce, like, 15 planned sequels and then, like, they barely get to three. Like, you know, like, like I feel like this one might do very well because it's back. And then, like, after this, if the story is not, like, compelling, it's just going to taper off. Like, I feel like that, like, initial, like, hype is going to be dead really fast. Because I haven't, I'm not, like, a huge fan of the original Avatar. I haven't, like, really even seen it that much. Like, I don't even know if I've ever, like, sat down and watched it fully. But, like, I can respect that it's groundbreaking, but, like, it's, like, not that great, aside from, like, the 3D technology at the time. Um, but, like, you know, you watch it, and it's, like, this is, this is like, pretty generic. Like, this, I've seen this movie before. Um, but it's, you know, I, I never doubt James Cameron. I'm sure that, like, he'll come out swinging with, like, something incredible, but, I, I you know, I'm not, like terribly interested until i see like a trailer but apparently they put a trailer out today at the CinemaCon thing people liked it so we'll see mm. a lot of things got trailers today like little exclusive um previews or just you know behind the scenes sizzle reels or whatnot 
Some crazy shit, dude. Um, Curtis, what about you, dude? How are you feeling about Avatar? Uh, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan. Um, I, it's it's really just one of those like generic like environmentalist movies, which I'm not a big fan of personally. Not to say environment isn't important. It's just those movies are always the same. Is humans bad, nature good? You're like, all right, well, this is the 15th time I've seen this story. I mean, the technology for back in the day still, I think, holds up for most places, but I'm not... This is not like a uh, midnight release ghosty for me. It's more of a... Maybe it's when it's like, you know, on a matinee showing, I'll go watch it. But I'm not... It's pretty meh for me. Yeah. I think we all can agree, you know, this is a... Um, you know, has some repeating storytelling elements. And I think it's funny because we're all Star Wars fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, up next, dude. Speaking of failing franchises, uh, Melissa McBride. <laughs> uh, Melissa McBride. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Uh, Melissa McBride drops out of the Daryl and Carol: The Walking Dead spinoff show. Um, dude, I'm- I'll go ahead and say this: AMC's AMC has no balls when it comes to Walking Dead at this point. I don't know why this show has lasted this long. Um, and I'm not hating it. It's not that I refuse to watch the show. I genuinely enjoyed Walking Dead at one point. I was going to the Walker Stalker convention. I loved this up until right with the whole, you know, not going into too deep in the spoilers, of course, but with the big Rick stuff going on, um, you know, the movie deal with that character happening. And then, you know, AMC saying, oh, well, now that we're doing these movies, Here's one we're working on. They reveal the Breaking Bad movie, El Camino. Obviously, that was her big showcase to, hey, we're serious about this. And I thought El Camino was not only good, but I thought it did pretty well, at least for, like, streaming numbers, being a Netflix exclusive. It even got a physical release that was good. But I don't know what happened of that, but we're not getting that Rick trilogy, or it's just on hold. Like, I don't understand what the holdup that is, because that was supposed to be, like, the main, like, high-end pushing point for like the three or four spinoff shows that this series has gotten, but yet we've gotten the spinoffs. The spinoffs are coming, but not the movies. So like, I just don't know, dude. And the main cast on this thing keeps dropping like flies, and they're only coming back when ridiculous numbers are thrown at them to where they can't refuse. So, I mean, am I surprised that Carol or Melissa McBride dropped out? No. I think it's more of a stunt than anything just to go ahead and get a bigger paycheck. But I genuinely don't understand why AMC has so much faith in these side series, but not the film projects. Because you feel like they put all their money into that at this point. Because the, the main Walking Dead series is successful. You know, so I don't know what the, what the holdup is. What about you, Curtis? Do you have any opinions on Walking Dead and this spinoff going on? Um, yeah, so like you, I was super into Walking Dead for a few years. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think I stopped after maybe season 7, 8, where they introduced uh, Negan. That was 6 I was, like, was introduced, yeah. Holy fuck, 6? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I stopped after 7, because I'm like, okay. I like the show, but it's literally like 6 episodes of nothing. Followed by like an episode of something really cool and then nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and I was personally never a big fan of Miss of uh, Carol personally. I just found her character very aggravating. Um, so all the spin-off stuff coming out, I don't even know how those numbers are compared to the main show. Um, if they're doing, I guess they're doing okay if they're still getting seasons. 
But mm. um, I mean, I'm not surprised she's dropping out because I feel like the only couple people left in that show now is like what three people from like the original cast are still there? Maybe. Oh, I mean, yeah, so cool. maybe... we just brought Maggie back. So if you want to count her, then the three of Carol, yeah. Okay, yeah, well, there you go. Mm. So, I don't know, maybe it's just a thing to where maybe she's finally done with the character. Oh, Maggie season two. It is just the two from season one. I have to say, like, Jesus. there's, like, literally like two people left. <laughs> and I I never really jive with any of the new characters. They were all just kind of annoying. Um, so, I mean... If she wants to go do something else, I don't blame her. She's been doing this for what? Since 2000. What? 12? 13? This character? Oh, dude. Earlier than that. I don't don't even remember. It's been so long. This was like 2010, I think, this started. And if not 2009, when it was filmed. Because I remember, like, season one has, like, some Breaking Bad references. So it was going on when Breaking Bad was ending. Mm, Or at least production wise. um, That same time period. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so maybe this is just her way of saying, hey, I think I want to take a break from the Walking Dead shit. Or, mm. or maybe it's what you said. She wants, like, a bigger paycheck at this point as she's, like, one of the, like, the few OGs from the show. Um, other than that, I mean, I'm not going to go watch it. Uh, fans of Walking Dead, they might have opinions, but I, I don't. I'm not going to watch it personally. Yeah, I was going to go ahead and watch the pilot of these spinoffs. Because, like, the Negan one seems interesting, too. You know, Negan's oh, sure, getting yeah. one with Maggie in New York. Um, I don't think the Daryl and Carol show had a location confirmed yet, okay. or if it did, I don't know it. Um, but again, I ah, so much going on with that thing, dude. It, is, it almost is like they're just running into the fucking ground. I feel like. Oh yeah. Like I know everyone points fingers at Disney for saying oh Marvel's milk, Star Wars's milk. In my opinion, there's no franchise that is milked more than The Walking Dead. Because they're milking about having an audience at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But, ugh, Jake, how are you feeling? Uh, yeah, like both of you guys, I was really into Walking Dead at one point. I was, I had like a love-hate relationship up until like when I stopped. Like, I, I, at a certain point, it became like a, like a drug addiction. I was just like, this isn't good for me. I keep complaining about it. I'm just going to stop doing it. You know, it was mm-hmm. like, it was one of those things where I was just like, I like watching the show every Sunday night. It's fun. It's it's entertaining, but like, I, it's not worth me spending an hour on a school night, you know, or whatever. Like watching this show late at night, just to be let down and bored the whole time. So I was like, uh, yeah, I'm I'm over this. So I stopped watching. I don't even know what's going on. I don't even know who's left. Um, I, I think I stopped around like, like a little after Carl, probably. I, I think like that was when I was out. I saw um, filming for that episode, actually. I was in Sonoya when they were doing the um, the testing for the buildings on fire in Alexandria for that episode. Okay. Yeah, so I I mean, like, I don't even know where we're at. I think I think the hype probably died after the Rick stuff, you know? Like, yeah. once Rick was gone, I feel like the numbers have just been slowly dwindling, and they are slowly dwindling. Like, and I think it's like this show is just crawling to the finale. Even if it did get better, I did hear it got better, but... I'm just not interested to go back because what I'm like four seasons behind now. Like I, I'm not gonna bother with that unless like I unless it's over and then I'm like all right I'll sit down and binge it at one point. But like no, like right now I'm not interested. And I, I think it's kind of dumb to like greenlight these spinoff things because it's like okay so now Daryl and Carol survive. 
Yeah, like, and Maggie you know, and Negan as well. Exactly. Maggie and Negan, like it's it's kind of like it's like I, again, why are Maggie and Negan in a show together? Like, and you already like, sent Michonne off on Michonne, from my understanding, and I'm a couple seasons behind too. But I did see spoilers for the most recent seasons and stuff. Michonne leaves as well because they, she finds out Rick is alive. Oh. She she finds his boot or something. Okay. And so she's like, I gotta go find Rick. Like, she tells Judith, like, over the walkie-talkie, because I guess they're already separated somewhere. I don't know where she is, Michonne. Um, but she's like, I wanna go find him. And she just leaves the show, too. It's, well, it's she's, clearly... like, Marvel now. So, I, like, every every actor that has left has, like, gone on to bigger and better things. So it's like... They always have, like, a weird write-off. Yeah. And it's always a write-off compared to it. Like, it's either a sudden death to where you can mark it as a write-off, yeah. or they just awkwardly hit stage left. Right, exactly. Like, like Dwight or even Morgan, like, them transferring over to Fear of the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I don't... Just the constant shift around and just teasing everyone by just having, like, just shocking deaths compared to anything else. That's yeah. why I think Walking Dead just oversaturated with at this point. Um, yeah, man. Danilo, do you have any thoughts on this franchise at all? Never seen it. This is one I refuse to watch. Good. I think the first few seasons are very solid. And then it just falls hard. So I don't blame you for not starting it. Yeah, I had no desire to. I don't know why. Zombies were never my thing. Uh, and I think that's what it is, really. Like, you know. If, I think if you if you ever have interest, the first season six episodes and it's one story. The first season, okay, like it kicks yeah. off the rest of it, obviously, but it, yeah. you can wrap it up because they leave that city in season one. They leave Atlanta and they don't come back. So yeah. if you want something simple, season one's cool because it goes into the virus. Um, Sam Whitward is in the premiere actually, which is neat. He's one of the walkers, is. which is pretty dope. He even yeah. got a Funko Pop. Of his character. Did he really? He did, yeah. He's the tank zombie. Or tank walker. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. <sighs> Up next in the news, Danilo, I do want to hear your thoughts on this one. Andrew Garfield announced he's taking a bit of a break from acting. Um, I say this is bullshit just to clear schedule up for some of those Sony Marvel projects. We're all... I, I say we're all like 99% certain. You know, Venom is the Amazing Spider-Man universe. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Danilo? Yeah, to be honest with you, I have no fucking idea what Sony's doing over there with uh, Marvel stuff. I mean, they just pushed back um, what they Spider Verse three, yeah, or two, yeah, yeah. Then they announced Madam Web or whatever, and like it's Dakota Johnson and Madam Web's like an eighty-year-old grandma, and Sydney Sweeney's in that too. Yeah, so it's like um, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think they have any clue, any clue what they're doing. Um, I, so I don't I don't really know if his schedule maybe his schedule actually did open up because they're like actually uh Andrew we just don't have any plans for you wow maybe dude who knows who knows I, I just don't have I don't know I who I don't know but yeah if if I were to guess yeah it's probably bullshit I mean he just what he got off an Academy Award nomination he has a TV show out now like under the hell's doors under hell's gates or something like that or. Under Heaven's Doors, I don't know. That's on FX. I hear that's pretty good. So I, I doubt it. I, I imagine he's going to be booked and busy for the next few years uh, following um, okay. and his uh, nomination. Speaking of the Sony Marvel stuff, how? what are your thoughts as well on the El Muetro film with Bad Bunny starring? Like I said, I don't know what they're doing over there. Mm. 
I'm all for seeing a little spick, but why him? Wow, dude, Jesus Christ. I don't care. This guy's an absolute fucking clown, bro. I don't need to see him. I didn't even go see West Side Story. God, dude, I thought our mule episode was rough. Fuck. Always the weird episodes. Jesus Christ. Sick one, dude. Curtis, what are your thoughts on Andrew retiring, whatever, and El Muetro as a Sony film? Uh, so, we're going to Andrew first. Uh, I say he's claiming taking a break to go film other things. In, I'm I'm saying he's doing this to look because he's got like some several NDAs he can't talk about. So he's like, well, I'm taking a break to go do these things. Um mm. Because he's on a hot streak right now, I think, with his, a lot of his resurgence coming back for it. Which I mean, he's a good actor too. I think he's great. Um, yeah, uh, the Bad Bunny thing. Uh, why? <laughs> I I don't understand it. Um, I guess they're just really trying to capitalize on like just big names at this point, trying to get into their into their Marvel movies because you know they're all hits. I heard Morbius was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, clearly, dude. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, yeah, it's great. Now, it's, I have no feelings. Um, I expect those movies to usually be pretty bad. Uh, mm. I have now. I have no opinion. I, I'm not excited for it. Um, I I don't know the character that he's playing well enough to mm. comment on that. But well, he has two comic appearances, dude. Oh, lovely, great too. He's in great. Two, and they're not even like his issues. He has an appearance in Civil War, and that's it. Oh, good. Like, I think he has, like, good four one, panels or five panels. Like, he just punches Spider-Man and, like, does a thing real quick. Oh. He's kind of like, um... Wow, that's... He reminds me of, like, Batman Forever off-brand Bane. Or Batman Robin. Mmm. Gotcha. Okay. That From what I've heard of his character, like, super corny, like, you know, wants to be a wrestler, gets injected with something kind of thing. Ah, so Bane. Bane. <laughs> that's, from my, that's what I've heard. I, maybe I'm Great. fucking wrong. I'm not going to read his four fucking panels to find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit, yeah. You're going to have I, this fucking guy play him? Yeah. I, yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. My comments were not out of pocket, dude. No, dude, no, gee, that's not what I'm saying, bro. Well. <laughs> Don't put me in this Any, position, dude. Just keep on going, Curtis. Anyway, I have no opinion on Bad Bunny. I've never listened to... Is, does he do music? Is that what he does? Is he a musician? <laughs> makes you want to shoot yourself. Oh, good. Max, Max doesn't like Playboy Cardi. I don't like Bad Bunny, dude. Fair enough. I don't like I mean, Bad Bunny either, dude. But Jesus, <laughs> I'll call, dude. I'm 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 part of his whatever you want to call it heritage. Who fucking gives a shit? I can say that about my kind of people, dude. They're oh. untalented and and shouldn't be in a Spider-Man movie. They're untalented and they shouldn't be in a Spider-Man movie, and I'll call them out on it. Go for it, go for it. If that's what you feel like doing, dude. Speed, okay. Whew. Keep on going, Curtis. Keep on going, pal. Keep trucking through this conversation. Yeah, I mean that's kind of it. I really have no opinion on that El Muerto movie. Uh, yeah, that's really, that's really about it. Sick one to Nilo and Jake. Call <laughs> him out, Jake. Rip, rip him a new one, dude. Rip him. Whoa. Well, but, um, the, I think as far as Andrew Garfield goes, I think it'll be like that 
Leonardo DiCaprio thing where like he was like I'm taking a, a year off from acting and then like he had a backlog of movies that were just coming out like he had like Great Gatsby kept getting delayed he was in Django Unchained he was in Wolf of Wall Street and then he came back like in like 2015 so it was like oh we we just went 2014 without a Leo movie I feel like it'll be a similar thing here where like I think he has been doing a lot of filming I think he filmed a lot during the pandemic I think he does want to take like probably like six months off, especially with all the Sony announcements just now. I think that's probably why they're doing a fucking El Muerto movie because they don't have Toby or Andrew right now and they're still trying to negotiate with Tom. So I think it's one of these things where they're like, shit, like we gotta have something constantly coming out. I mean, in these next two years, this that kind of fixes it. They've got like five Spider-Man related movies coming out within the next like year or two. So, I mean, they have what? Craven Hunter in January. Um, Spider-Verse, uh, Madam Web, Spider-Verse Part 2, and then the El Muerto. So that's five films. Once those are all done, and he may, probably even into 2020. And Venom 3. And Venom 3, right, yeah. So that, that'll be dated shortly. I'm sure that's 2024 as well. Um, so after all of that, you have kind of a window while these are being released to maybe do something with Andrew or Toby or Tom or whatever. Because um, Tom Holland hasn't gone two years without doing a Spider-Man movie. So I feel like maybe they'll give him kind of a little bit of a rest where, like, okay, his trilogy just ended. Let's give him a minute. Let's negotiate with him, pay him all the money he wants or whatever. Do four, five, and six, or do four, whatever the hell they're going to do with him. And then bring bring Andrew back. Or Andrew just saw Morbius, and he's like, you know what? Figure it out. I'm going to sit this one out for a little while. Because I'm not coming back if it's just going to be horse shit, you know? Because, like, why would he? Like, that's not really fair for him to, like, get fucked over for Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2 by all the fans. And then just to come back after all the fans clamoring for him to have him come back just for it to be an interaction with Morbius. You know, it's like, well, this one's really (laughs) worth it, you know? So it's like, it's one of those things I feel like where he's just kind of like, you guys had a successful movie in No Way Home, a very massively successful movie that, like, broke records in a time where that didn't seem possible and they did it and it's like it's great and then like four months later morbius comes out and it's like it, it's kind of like they just like even the scales again where it's like yeah we're equally bad as we are good now so it's mm-hmm. like they got to kind of do a little bit of con- damage control there where and i don't know why el muerto is the answer i don't know why they wouldn't just do like a a villain movie on a villain that we that we already know like Get a new Doc Ock. Get a new Green Goblin. Get like, what are we doing here? Why Give are we me doing some Vulture explanation, you know? Vulture, any like anything other than this, anything like literally anything, because I've never heard of this guy. Bad Bunny is a singer first and foremost, which just makes me think they're going after the younger demographic with this, because you know there's a lot of younger people that know Bad Bunny and like Bad Bunny, so they want him. I think he's in Bullet Train, so maybe Sony liked him in that movie, and they're like El Muerto. I don't know, but but we'll see, I guess, when Bullet Train comes out. But yeah, I think Andrew Garfield's just like, I'm going to take a step back from this right now, and we'll we'll have meetings, and we'll get a good writer, and we'll get a good director to onboard and make a Amazing Spider-Man 3, if they decide to go in that direction, which they clearly should. I don't know why they're you know not announcing that like yesterday, but whatever. Um, I mean, Sam Raimi even just said, I'm down to do Spider-Man 4, so mm-hmm. what are we waiting for? Like... Let's get moving with this. Why are we doing El Muerto and Madam Web when we could be doing Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man 4, and 
Andrew Garfield Amazing Spider-Man 3. It's nuts. Like, it's really weird to me. Honestly, dude, I'd be okay with them, like, doing a combination sequel. Anything. Anything. Like, if they try to do... With it being like like make more of a sequel to No Way Home, yeah. like say if whatever, if we're doing the messy multiverse hopping that Morbius showcased, to where we're yeah. just gonna throw shit in and have half-ass explanations, I could see them doing some bullshit from like Spider Verse. Something goes wrong, and now Toby and Angie are back together. Like their universes have collided compared to just characters maybe going the Tom Holland universe or something. Right. And then both being a sequel to that, I'd be cool with that. Something, some project, dude. Because you got everyone wanting to work on it. Yeah, doesn't have to be Amazing Spider-Man 3, doesn't have to be Spider-Man 4. Do another movie with the two of them together. Like, because that was money. Like, that mm-hmm. will just make money. Like, it's and, and I don't, it's a no-brainer. If you, like, give them, give them as much money as they want. Like, it's worth it. Like, it'll bring people in. And um, I would love to see that. I would love to see Andrew meet a multiverse Emma Stone. That would be incredible. Yeah, dude, it would. It would. Uh, let's see what we got up next for the news this week. Um, a couple of movies confirmed. The Batman sequel and Ghostbusters 4 has been announced as well. Really interesting. Um, we're not going to get too deep into those, though. The last thing in the news I want to talk about is today we got a trailer from CinemaCon as well for an animated film we discussed a year ago that was announced with this casting. And we got a trailer, poster, release date comes out May 20th on Disney+. Plus. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. And this movie, dude... uh, Danielle, I want to hear your thoughts real quick before I give my my thoughts. Because you're making a face, dude. I want to hear what you guys say. No, I'm remembering the fact that we talked about this like a year ago. Mm. I remember that, dude. That was nuts. And I'm like, this movie looks like fucking stupid... Who's gonna watch this shit? I wasn't a big Chip and Dale fan, you know. What are we gonna like? What are we gonna explore? You know, like what's gonna be new here? I don't know who is writing this. Um, I don't know if they were at Woodstock when that was happening, but it looks like someone took LSD when they wrote this script, dude. Mm. I have never seen just so many not out of place things, but just so many. I, I don't really even know what to say, dude. It, it's like it a was hodgepodge, a, dude. It was a montage hodgepodge mess of a trailer not gonna lie though it looked kind of interesting oh, i love this trailer because i don't know what the hell is happening i don't know why we're seeing everything mm-hmm. you know but this in my opinion this has potential to be what the space jam sequel failed to be yeah no that's what it looked like it looks like yeah that's a great comparison dude this looks like a this looks like space jam 2 kind of except with chip and dale yeah, and I'm pumped for that, dude. My, f- I was actually talking to a friend of mine, James, the other day when he was over. We're discussing like some over like forgotten like cartoons growing up, like Chalk Zone, uh, The Barbarian, like weird obscure shit from like Disney XD or back when I was Toon Disney. But yeah, it reminds me quite a bit of this other forgotten Disney show called House of Mouse. Do you remember this at all, Jake? I remember like the Halloween special. The Halloween special. There was like a there was like a haunted like House of Mouse like direct to video thing that I used to watch when I was a kid. I didn't watch this show, but I watched that. Oh, okay. Something I, like that. I don't remember. Okay, okay. I don't remember that. But that's interesting, Curtis. Do you know what I'm talking about with House of Mouse? Yes, I think I'm with Jake though. I never watched the show. I saw the ep- the movie or the shorts, or it was all the villains running the the show. 
I think it was That's that. what I remember. Okay. Neil, do you, is that all you remember as well? I do remember that. Yeah, I just looked it up and I'm like, yeah, I remember the house. It was House of Villains or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, that was this movie reminds me of a movie version of House of Mouse where like all the Disney properties and shows whatever can cross over. Um, I fucking loved that thing, dude. That was like my favorite Disney show growing up. And this Shippendale trailer just gave me, you know, immense vibes of that. Like, they're taking that approach. And honestly, this thing has me pumped. This might be my most excited, like, just Disney original project for this year coming out. I don't know how mature we're getting with it, though. Because, like, we've got Will Arnett playing, like, a middle-aged Peter Pan. That has a lot of potential. You know, if you've seen BoJack Horseman, you know right away that has potential itself. But, like... So Doja Cat's best friends is in the trailer. I almost think you hear Doja Cat say bitch in the trailer. Like, they didn't censor that. So that makes me think of, oh, if Disney has bitch in a trailer, it's like, oh, like, is this going to be, you know, aimed more for, like, teenagers or adults? Like, what, what are we going for? We also have Andy Samberg and John Mulaney, so it's not like these people, you know, aren't familiar with adult comedy. Um, who knows, dude? But I'm fucking pumped for this. This looks good. You know, it sounds good. And, uh, you know, hopefully some good things come in the future for it. But what about you, Jake? What are some of your thoughts on uh, Chip and Dale? I, uh, I watched, like, I it was, like, kind of, like, pre-rolled, like, already playing. And I just kind of, like, skimmed by. I didn't watch the full trailer, but, like, I caught my eye. Like, I, I played it for a few seconds, and I was like, this looks crazy with all the wacky animation and, like, how, like, I was, like, really thrown off by how, like, one of them looks like that modern, like, Smurfs, mm. Alvin and the Chipmunks thing. And the other one looks like the classic animation. And I was like, this looks weird, but I'm kind of into it. Um, but I don't, I mean, I'm not, like, terribly excited for this. I didn't have that, like, nostalgia with, with, with some of this stuff. But, like, it looks like a fun time, especially if they're, like, going more, like, adult with it. Like, like you're suggesting they might, but... I like those two voice actors. I like John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. Look, they're they're gonna bring something pretty funny to this and maybe a little self-aware. Uh, I'm into it, but um, I'll probably check it out if it's good. I'm pumped for it, dude. It looks funny, funny as hell. Uh, Curtis, do you have any closing remarks for our news this week regarding Chippendale? Uh, I mean, animation looks definitely looks interesting. I'm kind of. I was never a big Chippendale like kid when it was on originally, but I'm excited to see what this is about. If it's, I can see it just being like this weird, just really wacky shit, which I'm kind of excited for. It's something new, kind of weird, especially if it's going for like that more adult stuff with a lot of these like um, you know, like traditional like nostalgic, like, you know, Disney characters. I think they could be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'll give it a shot. Um, like I said, not super pumped for it. But, um, you know, I'll, I'm super open to see what it does for me. Hell yeah, man. I feel that. I feel that. Daniel, I think it wraps up for the news this week, pal. I think it does, sir. You ready to go ahead and go ahead and give uh, your stream of the week for us? Yeah, dude. What happened to shows? We're, we're not doing shows this week, pal. Why not, dude? I just watched Moon Knight. I still haven't fucking watched Moon Knight, dude. Fuck that show. Okay, settle down, bud. That's a great show. You know, yeah, I'll, talk, I'll, I'll talk about it for a second. Dude, I'll talk about it for one second. Just one second. All right, okay, dude, it's before, dark. Hold on, dude. Let me get that damn sentence out. Christ, God, you remind me of a certain somebody from an episode 40. <laughs> I don't even know what we recorded on episode 40. That was the meal, pal. Anyway. <laughs> Christ. 
Anyway, <laughs> I forgot what I was gonna fucking say, dude. Sick one. All right, oh, good, oh, dude. Uh, we'll oh, talking about it with uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, that two weeks. Good yeah, night, Doctor. There you go. There you fucking yeah, go. Anyway, dude, it, it has a rough opening. It really does, in my opinion. Moon Knight starts off pretty, pretty rough. It finally picked up with the last episode. I think that was four. On five, it picks up even more, in my opinion. It, it's turning one of my favorite shows. It's for sure worth catching up on, at least. Um, all because of the last two episodes. I'll binge so, it next week, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for the direction where they're going to take it for the finale, but I hope it's not one of these stupid fucking... Which I know it will be. Moon Knight and the fucking people just battle, and then it's like, oh, Moon Knight won. Yay. You know, that's kind of how Marvel properties go. But anyway, dude, I'll talk about my stream of the week real quick. Run on Hulu. Uh, that Hulu original, I believe it is. Um, Sarah Paulson's in it. Some other fucking lady. Sarah Paulson's like uh, taking care of the girl who seems to have all these medical conditions. And the girl finds out some stuff about her mom. And then she finds out some more stuff about her mom. And you're like, oh, wow, a twist. It's a great film. Um, it's like has, I don't know if it's a Munch, Munchausen syndrome. That's it, right? I don't know. Uh, when you're like though. Parents are like worried about your kids going away. It's kind of like that. It, it's an interesting one. It's not bad. Um, if you have Hulu, some maybe something to watch on a night um, when you're just not doing anything. Maybe you got some friends over. Maybe you're smoking. It's a good movie. Sarah Paulson brings her A game. The girl does uh, decent. I don't really know her name, but um, I did enjoy it. It was something. It was one of those unexpected gems, you know, where you kind of just watch it and you're like, well, I'll see where it goes. But it actually wasn't that bad. So Nibu on its way to Bespin. Okay, I might check that out, man. You said run? Yeah, run. Just run. Okay. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool indeed. Real, real exciting, Danilo. Listen, man, I don't know how much you want me to gas up this film right now, dude. I gassed up... What film did I gas up? Wild Things. You'll never hear me gas up another stream of the week like that, bro. You did, man. I've just been kind of waiting. Yeah, everything's been underwhelming since. No, it has been, dude, because nothing, nothing just grabs my attention like the Wild Things did. That box? Did you pre-order it yet? Yeah, I did, dude. Why weren't I? That's exactly right, bud. I ordered it five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to go ahead and go over our rating system in case you're new to the show. We'll be right back from our break. When we come back, we're discussing Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse. We'll be right back. Oh, hi, Mark. The Galaxy of Film rating system is based off planets featured within the Star Wars films. From our highest rating to lowest, here is the order in which we rate these films. Number 5. Coruscant, the entire planet is one big city. Number 4. Bespin, it's pretty far, but I think we can make it. Mining colony? Yeah, Tabana gas mine. Number 3. Like you did by the lake on the boat. Number 2. Set your course for the Hawk system. And lastly, number one. Gotta get back to Jakku. Back to Jakku! Why does everyone want to go back to Jakku? Alright, and we're back from our break. Let's go ahead and discuss Robert Eggers and A24's The Lighthouse. Danilo, go ahead and get us started, bro. You know what to do. Yeah, dude. So we open up on a 4 by 3 aspect ratio. Blew my mind the first time I saw it. I was like, that's interesting. We saw it from the trailers. But, uh... I didn't know that's the route they were going to go with it for the entire film. And that's the route they did go with it for the entire film. Little man, Robert Pattinson, goes to this little lighthouse, basically. Um, keeper of the lighthouse. Wikis, I believe they're called, right? Wikis. And he meets his fellow companion, 
uh, William, William Defoe. And they're just like not friends at first. They're kind of just chilling, hanging out. Robert's getting these weird dreams. He's wondering what the hell William's doing, going up into the lighthouse and everything. He wants to know. He's a very curious guy. Uh, eventually, they're, they're all by themselves. Only human interaction is with one other person, and all you're hearing are seagulls and everything like that. They start to like basically get paranoia and sick and everything like that. Not homesick, but just like. Their mental, their mental health is just completely deteriorating rapidly, about halfway in this film. Uh, then we get into the big turn tin, the turn tin. We get this big whirlwind of fucking just wildness, because Robert Pattinson is now lost it. He's jacking off. He's fucking a, a who is it? A mermaid. He's just seeing, seeing pigeons attacking people. He thinks uh, William Defoe's now the god of Neptune, Neptune, the sea of the ocean kills him finally he's able to go to the lighthouse and he just fucking loses his mind and then seagulls eat him at the end and that's really about what happens in this film black and white four by three aspect ratio two guys are just shooting the shit and one loses their mind G okay so we'll get to that i'm glad you mentioned that we'll, we'll get to that later on dude Good, good thing you mentioned it. Um, Danilo, when was the first time you'd seen this? Did you watch this in theaters at all? I did. I went that opening Thursday night, dude. I was like, I don't know what this film is about. Mm -hmm. At all. The trailers didn't sell it as anything. Sat in my seat, was blown away from the first opening uh, fucking score that transitioned to the boat uh, horn. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And it was the greatest thing I've ever watched in my entire life. Still is. It, it's just... It, it's it blows me away dude. Mm. I feel you Jake what about you did you have any like you know interest at first of watching the lighthouse did the trailers sell you did you see this opening night how did what was your first opening into this film I don't know if I saw an opening night but I definitely saw it in theaters like pretty early on probably like a Tuesday or something like one of those cheap days I went like mm. during the day skipped school or some shit like I went with, with uh, my co-hosts on the Mayhem Zone Will uh, we went to go see it, and uh, yeah, incredible experience. I was pumped for it. I saw the trailer and all that stuff. Uh, it was right around when, I, I believe that was right when they announced uh, Pattinson as Batman. Like, around that time. It was. Of. And so we were like, let's go check this shit out, man. Like, this is going to be cool. And obviously, we all love Willem Dafoe. He was incredible in this movie, and we were just, like, pumped to see it. Like, it looked like a weird, like independent like art house film that looks like it was filmed in like the 20s which was incredible so yeah we were definitely very excited saw it in theaters um yeah i feel you man um i was fucking pumped for this thing saw opening day um it was weird i think i caught like an afternoon showing or something um i think i also skipped class whatever because this was i was in college this was like what end of summer i yeah, think I 2019 or something like that. Yeah, September, October, one of the two. I remember I skipped a day of school. I was in college to go see this opening day. I drove an hour to where I currently live now in Raleigh to go see this at an Alamo because they weren't doing uh, A24 stuff at our local AMC at the time. Um, I was sold on this movie, though, before I even saw its trailer, any confirming or not casting or whatever. Just hearing that A24 had a lighthouse movie coming out or a movie about uh, two lighthouse keepers interests me enough. You know, I'm going to go ahead and refer to him by name just because I now know, realize that, uh, you know, some of my original viewers and listeners from like my CBD 12 stuff has stuck around for Galaxy of Film projects. That means the world to me. 
Uh, and if you're one of those, then you'll know him as like my uncle, Tom, who was in a lot of my projects back then. And a lot of our projects that I did with my uncle, Tom, um, was filmed at this house at the beach that we always just kept like the beach house or Beaufort or whatever. We referred to like as that simple, the beach house. Um, and in that beach house, which we go would go to every summer, which is here in the Outer Banks, um, there's like this corner in the living room that has one of those big ass oversized chairs, two windows with the wooden blinds you can open so like, you know, clear view on a nice like rainy day or whatever, big ass overhand lamp, and from like, on, from the floor I'd say to three and a half, four feet high like four or five books worth wide there was just stacks of books and i remember like as a little kid sitting there in that oversized chair reading the back of them the synopsises and there was a few of them that were about like lighthouse keepers and whatnot or like their activities i think one was about one of them going mad or sailors stuck at sea or just this whole like sea like ocean storytelling this whole world of it so I was sold when like I heard about the lighthouse at first because this was right down that alley and like sparked that whole interest that was like a step away from pirates and whatnot for me. So I was fucking pumped. Had to see this opening day. Um, what about you, Curtis? How did you hear about this thing or have any interest to start off with this? Uh, so the way I heard about it was like, you know, it's like a lot of word of mouth saying this movie's really good. You can show Washington. It's definitely, you know, something that isn't really seen a lot nowadays. I'm like, all right, you know, Gotta give it a chance. I didn't watch it until like maybe like a year or two afterwards, because my none of my theaters locally were showing it, mm. at, and I only caught it on like when it was like streaming. So I'm like, all right, cool. It's finally here. I can finally give it a watch. And no, it was just really, really solid. Um, I didn't realize till afterwards it was made by Robert Eggers, who did The Witch, and I actually really liked The Witch a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how he gets a lot of his like historical like you know a lot of the dialogue right i thought that was very interesting that four by three ratio i thought was good the fact that he kept that movie all in black and white in an age where everything now is like so bright colorful for him to be like hey no i'm doing it this way like how they used to be made and it did that well i'm like all right cool uh i was i'm a, still a big fan of Willem Dafoe. he's one of my favorite actors um, this is really my first chance watching Pattinson do something outside of like, at least for me, out of like the big like Twilight stigma. I think me I too. Never really actually, watched... yeah, I never really watched any of his stuff afterwards. I just knew him as the Twilight Kid. Yeah, I watched, I watched this, him this before like, a good time. You're right. Yeah, I watched this. And I'm like, holy fuck, he's really, really good. Maybe mm -hmm. this final movies are just really bad. <laughs> and no, just a really side. It's like. Solid storytelling, great acting. I love the whole visual thing. We'll get into it, I'm sure. But no, I that movie's phenomenal. That's I caught it word of mouth, and I'm really happy I got into it. Okay. Um, Daniel, you mentioned earlier with your interpretation of this. Do you think only that Robert Pattinson goes crazy by the end of this film or goes insane or however? Or do you think Willem Dafoe does as well? I think Willem Dafoe started off as insane. I always think he was insane from the minute Pattinson got there. I don't think there was a sane moment in Defoe. Um, I think he's already lost it. I think Pattinson's the one who does go insane, and Defoe helped carry that along the way. Okay. I see. Where you see okay. You, you just think they both end up that way. Like, one's been it, basically. One is already insane. Gotcha. 
Yeah, and I I, I think it's almost like I don't even know what to. Call, it's kind of like The Shining, like history repeats itself. Where probably someone mentored Willie uh, William Defoe's character, mm-hmm. but Defoe and Defoe did whatever he did with them, whatever that may be. Um, he may have got rid of them. He may have killed them. He even said like the last one didn't even last long. Um, yeah, and I when remember. Pattinson finds his head at one point too. Yeah, exactly. So I I think William. Is always he went insane a long time ago, probably when he was Panson's age. And mm-hmm. I think Pat, the newcomer, the fresh, uh, fresh meat, fresh fish. So I think he then goes insane because of the foe. Yeah. Okay, I like that idea. I like the interpretation. What about you, Jake? Do you have any a different way of interpreting it? Uh, yeah, no, similar. Uh, I do think it's like a history repeats itself kind of thing, where like, per- and perhaps like. Perhaps Willem Dafoe is a god or something, and you know it is maybe like this. That's why he can handle the light. That's why he can sit there like, oh, because like Pattinson, as soon as he sees it, he can't comprehend it. He fucking loses it and falls down the stairs and dies basically. Um, so I think it's one of those things where it's almost like, um, like, are you worthy? Or, or I mean, it's, it's that interpretation, or it's just they both are absolutely insane and they just drive each other to their end. You know, it's like. Mm. Both and both ways are like kind of correct, where it's like it, it could be interpreted as this like myth mythical thing because it's like yeah, these lighthouse keepers in in this time period probably did go and like just get secluded for months at a time and lose their fucking minds. Like I've I've heard stories about that. Like it's it's nuts. Um, but uh, but but yeah, I, I interpret it as more as like um, that they, I think Willem Dafoe was crazy forever, and I think. Uh, you know, Robert Pattinson was kind of susceptible to it because if I remember correctly, he also had like a past where he kind of like did some shady shit already. And like he was brought to this. So he's already is kind of coming at this with kind of a guilty conscience and like kind of some red in his ledger. So I think that also contributed to it and um, made it one of those like just crazy thing where it's like it's fate, like it's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um where these two guys are just gonna fucking lose it. So I, I, I think it's I think it's both. I think it's just and it's how I, it's whatever one you want it to be, which I really like and appreciate with with uh, a lot of Edgar's work, where it's like yeah, it's, it's whatever you want it to be, and it's that's what the beauty of film as well. Um, but yeah, I think they just lost their fucking minds, and I think that's great. <laughs> I think for me, it's a kind of a combination of both your and Daniela's opinions. Um, I think Willem started off insane but he was more triggered like when he got to the island and settled in and when when he settles with him it's when he gets comfortable and lets his walls down and begins to have these moments but i think also the movie becomes a bit more literal um than it's intending to be because throughout like the first like 30 minutes or so Willem, and towards the end as well, he brings up, you know, the seagulls. You like, don't kill the seagulls. You don't fuck with them. Don't fuck with the birds. You don't touch the birds whatsoever. And, of course, we see, you know, Robert beating the fuck out of that goddamn bird. Um, but at that point, the movie really does take a turn from that. And so, and you, you mentioned kind of, oh, is Willem, you know, does he have the power of the gods or something or some supernatural ability behind that? I kind of take it as, okay... We have one unstable individual here, one person who is easily, you know, influenced or whatnot, or this could happen to him very easily. Um, And we have this kind of supernatural being that once that is triggered, I feel like it just goes from shit from that point. 
I feel like there was a line, and because that Robert recognized that Willem was possibly becoming insane or had stepped a little bit too far of that boundary he had set, that he wasn't going to take him serious when he was straight up warning him and was being literal about don't fuck with the birds. So I think it was a consequence thing more than anything, which I like. And that is the beauty of filmmaking. Like you said, Jake, there's different interpretations of this, which I love for something that simple, because either way, if you look at it, you get the same ending. Yeah. You know, but Curtis, what do you feel like with that? So the way I interpret this is that I think they are both pretty unstable, both insane. It's just what triggered them is different for both. Okay. So the whole thing with Defoe is like, you kind of get at the sense of like right off the bat that he's like, you know, not mentally all there because he's been doing this for like most of his life is what is what he was told telling us. Mm hmm. And he's been going through so many new guys that he's just like, well, at this point, just don't even give me anybody. I'll do this by myself. Then you get Patson coming in to where he has that past that, that's coming into it. So he's trying to, like, better himself as a person. But then the idea of, you know, they're delayed staying there for, like, a week. Just out of, like, you know, normal circumstance. Like, hey we have a storm coming maybe we'll get to you this week or not mm. and then that just keeps happening and happening and i think that takes a toll on pattinson to where he's just starting to actually just starting to lose his fucking mind compare that to where the craziness that defoe is doing telling just berating him constantly telling him hey do your work every day um i'll turn the light i'll turn the light don't go in that room that's my job even though we're supposed to switch off I think compounds into that factor to where when he finally, you know, is starting to like give him yeah. some advice, like, Hey, don't these birds. Cause it's all, it's a very famous, like, you know, like sailor story. It's like, Hey, don't fuck with the birds. Cause it's like different interpretations of like, Hey, these are like old sailors that like lost their souls. And now they're here to like, you know, watch over the next wave to do that. It's beats to death. And I think that just causes a switch in Pattinson. And I think, for Defoe, at least, of him trying to break those walls down, he just goes reverts back to what he was originally and just putting the, all those walls back up and saying, hey, I gave you advice. You deliberately went against it. This is all your fault now. Mm. Whatever's happening is all you. At least that's what I get out of that. I don't believe that the whole thing of, like, he is the god of whatever powers he has... My interpretation is is he is more of like a um, more like a scribe or like a note keeper of it. Okay. And whatever's happening is is unknown. But Defoe has been doing it so long that maybe he knows the secrets of why everything's happening. So when he finally gives advice to Pattinson saying, Hey, the birds, don't do that. And when he finally does it, he goes, Listen, but I tried to warn you. All this is on you now. I tried. Mm -hmm. And then that whole compound for the very end of Pattinson trying to like go to that lighthouse, try to, you know, see what Defoe is seeing. Because he sees multiple times that Defoe's naked. He's like idolizing whatever this light is. Mm -hmm. He's He goes insane with the idea of being trapped there too long and the idea of in, in like insanity by way of trying to like learn knowledge. That's mm -hmm. a big thing of he's trying to learn it too much 
in a too quick amount of time that he cannot process. And that's like a very human emotion thing to have. Someone tells you no, your nature's like, well, no, I want that. I want to know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, of course. And that whole thing going on. So that's the way I interpreted that. Okay, so a bit more grounded almost. I like that. I dig it. Okay, okay. JT, what are some of your, like, your overall thoughts on this thing? Like, are you feeling more towards, like, a positive feeling towards it? Like, do you just absolutely hate this movie? What are your thoughts, dude? I think it's, I think it's, it's very iconic. Uh, well, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, yo, this is one of those movies, man. This is one of those movies where it's like, you're gonna remember that, you're gonna study it, you're gonna fucking watch it. As a film fan, you're gonna love this movie. Um, I thought these, these two performers are just at the top of their game, um, and, and like somebody mentioned earlier, Robert Eggers really just like nails like dialogue and like the way people speak in this time. And that was a big criticism lugged around at The Witch and this mm-hmm. film. Um, I'm sure it's lugged around with The Northman, although The Northman like doesn't have as much dialogue. But these two movies, particularly The Witch and Lighthouse, have people with accents that are very thick and like hard to understand. It's like old and English, yeah. Yeah, it's like and that's kind of like the beauty of it is because it feels so authentic and it feels like lots of research was done and lots of like time was put into it and that's the thing i love about robert eggers is like he like and he said this recently in an interview he's not interested in telling movies or making films about like today like this time period he's not interested in that i think that's so cool that we have like this director who like will shine a light on like time periods that we don't know as much about and like it's almost like we're watching like a like a textbook come to life and we're like we mm-hmm. get to learn these things that people used to do and the way like these cultures used to kind of operate it's really really fascinating and i and i love that about his work so far um but yeah these two guys are like incredible uh the vibe the atmosphere all of it just works beautifully together the black and white the uh four by three it's all like very like it's it's very thought out because if they didn't do the things they did stylistically it wouldn't work as well. Like, it's like, if, if this was just, like, a in color, um, it's still, like, a great movie, well acted, but, like, you lose something. You know, it's like, you lose that claustrophobia, you lose that sense of, like, losing your mind, and I, and I think that is really important to kind of sell the point of the film, and it's, like, and it's, it's fantastic, because you get that sense by the end of it. You're just like, oh, what a ride this was. And you're, and you're like, feel like you're, you're out of breath. You're like, holy shit, man. Like this was a, this was, this was an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he just steps it up with each film. Like, like, it's like he got, it goes from the witch, like this, like small indie film, uh, you know, film festival run. And then he goes to this and it's like this a 24 release. It's like kind of a bigger thing. He's got these two kind of name actors in it. And it's incredible, and then he just goes crazy with it, which we'll talk about later. But like, it's it's groundbreaking, and I thought it was incredible when I first saw it. And I still think that now, even watching it just on the TV, you know, like not in the theater, like it still works well. Like it's one of those movies you could watch it anywhere, and it's like it almost helps to watch it on like a smaller screen because you still get that sense of like claustrophobia. Uh, I think it's fantastic. I feel you, man. Would you rate this one, Jake? I would give it a best spin on its way to Coruscant. I think it's it's near perfect for me. I, it doesn't have that rewatchability that I like that I look for in some of these like five out of five perfect movies, like like something like Hereditary. Like I just will watch that and like learn something new. Uh, this one, it's more like I gotta be in the mood to watch the Lighthouse. I can't just put it on. I know it's weird that I'm like I will I can just put on Hereditary as opposed to like 
as opposed to this. <laughs> is um, but um, yeah, I, this is one of those ones where it's like it stuck with me. I haven't seen it like that much, so it like definitely like with time can like climb for me. Where it's like mm. I get these new theories from like you guys or like other friends of mine, and it makes me like oh, shit, I got to watch that with, like, a new lens and, like, kind of look at it that way and maybe pick up something new that I didn't see before, and then it's a perfect movie. It's still really, really good, though. I feel you, man. For me, this is a comfort movie almost, dude. I'll always think of this movie or watch this movie and think of that ugly-ass brown chair in the corner of a beach house with a four-foot-tall stack of books, you know, exactly like this film. Um... I can put this on. I've watched it. I think this is my fourth time I want to say watching it, or at least having it on. Because um, there's been a couple times where I've just put it on the background, or I think one time I fell asleep watching this, honestly, just because I was a nice rainy day and wanted to feel kind of like, I don't know, man, like I get cozy sometimes. I want to watch a small movie that makes me feel claustrophobic in like a rainy day or whatever. I don't fucking know. But this is a comfort movie for me. Um,. I think Robert Eggers and Carrying On With The North Pen, we'll get to that too, his writing is something very special. That old English is very hard to act with, um, and seeing that, you know, firsthand in, like, English classes, doing, like, Romeo and Juliet and stuff, like, where, you know, you have to act out that kind of shit. Seeing that kind of stuff, you know, saying compared to reading it is two different things. Um, In The Lighthouse, I think that works well. I have my own thoughts with The Witch, and I'm not too big of a fan on some of the dialogue in that, mainly because of performances due to any, or compared to anything else. But for The Lighthouse, I think the small cast works enough. Um, the unique personalities of Willem Dafoe, you know, definitely carries his dialogue throughout this even more. I mean, his rants, I mean, are are at least speechless. Honestly, you truly are between wondering, wow, is this man just straight ranting because he is pissed or is he legitimately losing his mind you know it, it goes on, on that teetering balance very well i feel like that fine line um throughout the entire movie it's very well written the pacing's great it doesn't feel like an hour and 40 minutes whatsoever um yeah th- this is a course on for me this is probably the weirdest comfort movie i have um but danilo what about you man what are some of your thoughts and your rating on this yeah, it's okay, dude. My comfort movie is A Clockwork Orange, so. Um, <laughs> this movie, though, I fell in love with it, dude, from the minute I watched it. Like, this movie just blew my mind away. I didn't know I didn't know what I was in for. I always want to see original fun, fun movies, and that's what this was. This was an original artsy-fartsy cinema, cinema ride, basically. And that, that's what I like, you know, and you even see that now with the, the thesis I just finished up. Like, there's experimental parts in it, things that don't make sense. You know, it's up for interpretation. That's the type of stuff I like. Um, We'll talk about it in Northman. But I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, And, yeah, going off of Curtis with the theories about this movie, I I, I also had that theory at the end. I'm looking at my old letterbox here. And one of my theories was it was like the end of um, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull with Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. Like, he gained all that knowledge, but he just couldn't handle it. And that ultimately led to his uh, or led to his um you know his demise there um I, I like it's just wild i think like you guys said in the beginning this was when pattinson was announced as batman and i remember everyone was like dogging him like you know fuck this guy is in twilight and i i you know you if you're a film person you went to go see this movie you know if you're not in the big film zeitgeist or whatever you may not you may have missed this but if you were a film film person and you saw this movie you're like 
wow, Pattinson can act. You know, see it with good times, see it with this. Like, he is going to kill it as Batman when that day finally comes. I, I loved every single minute about this movie. Um, I had one more theory about that lighthouse or whatever. I think it was, um, or the light, I guess. It was like his salvation. I remember in the beginning of this film, he was talking about, like, he wants this type of salvation, you know, like this heavenly thing or whatever. And, like, that was it, but it just rejected him. Like, he wasn't worthy enough to be there. You know, and that, again, led to his demise. It, it's a fun movie to have little theories about what that light actually means. Yeah, you know, man, something so I, I simple, too. Yeah, because, like, you, if you're, like, in that world, in that in those characters, maybe you don't even know what the light is. Maybe Pattinson had no idea what that light was. He just wanted it, like you mentioned. And maybe William protected it, like, uh, you know, um, I don't even know what it would be, like a god, you know, something like that. He protected that light like a god, and that's why Robert Pattinson saw him as Neptune, you know, a god. So it, it, it was a fun movie, dude. It, it blows my mind that I actually, like, love this movie. But I love black and white, and I love when aspect ratio changes. And so, th- this for me was like Edgar's best out of the three. I liked the 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 witch or witch, whatever the hell you want to call it. That was cool. This was the one where I was like, he has solidified himself as like one of my favorite filmmakers here, just for being wild. I can so respect it, that, dude. Yeah, it, it's a straight chorus on it for me. Okay, sweet man. Okay, okay, dude. Are you um, you ready to go in and get in the Northman? Bro, you even... Oh, Kurt, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. (laughs) I keep trying to switch up the fucking order on how I ask these, dude. He's about to lose his eye. I know, man. I know. I know. Chris, Uh, go ahead. Give me your thoughts on on the lighthouse, dude. Yeah. um, The lighthouse for me is a straight croissant for me. Um, I find almost nothing wrong with it personally. This is one of these movies that even now I've watched like maybe five or six times and I get something new out of it every time. And it's a different experience rewatching it. If you're going like, well, I'll watch it. I'll take like this theory with me and see if that holds up. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, I'll watch it again, but this time I'll use this theory to watch it again. And like, oh, maybe this is what going on. Maybe like I mix up everything from the style to the acting to every, to me, this movie is pretty much flawless. Um, this honestly for me is probably like in my top five of all time. Oh um, shit! I really fucking love this movie. It is like I love my action movies and all this kind of shit. But when I get in a movie and have all my friends watch it, we all get something different out of it, and then we can all rewatch it together and still get something new out of it. That's a winner in my book. Hmm. Oh, yeah. was that? Oh, that was okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's it. Come on, Come on, bro. <laughs> Poor Curtis, dude. Dude, I thought it was when he can do okay. the sentence, bro. It sounded like there was a comment in there, yeah. bro. Real sick. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, this was good. written by Robert Egger. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Thank you for getting my joke, Curtis. All right, did he go? Yeah. Fucking go with the Northman, dude. Sick one, bro. So if you've seen Hamlet, or read Hamlet, then you've seen the Northman. Northman is about a little boy who, uh, I don't really know. He's just a boy in, where are they, Iceland? Is that where the yes. opening is? Yeah, they're in Iceland. Uh, his dad and him become men because the father knows that his son has to take over the kingdom one day. So they go see William once again. And they just do some acid and trip. And then all of a sudden the uncle comes out of nowhere and just absolutely obliterates his father. Um, don't know how this kid chopped up someone's nose and like no one else saw him. 
like get away blows my mind anyway though the uncle then rapes his like wife or whatever or i guess maybe not but to my interpretation he she got raped by um his uncle kid goes away he comes back i don't know 20 years later let's say for shits and giggles 25 i forget how long it was um he's fucking jacked he joined like some wolf pack or something like that and he's just absolutely just slaughtering people and then this is where it gets confused i was talking with my buddy at work did the king hire this wolf pack as mercenaries to like ravage this town are they in like cahoots together or did they just ravage this town and then the king was like oh yo we could use some of these people if you guys you know want to spare them okay I, no one has I couldn't them. tell yeah. yeah okay cool <laughs> That's great. I, I think that's just how it was back then. Like people just did shit like that. Like like even like that little like wolf pack or whatever. I don't think they were like sent by anyone. I think they just fucking did that. Like I think people would mm-hmm. just do that back oh. then. There was no like it was just chaos. Yeah, wow. that's how I took it as. Yeah, it was just meaningless almost. Well, not meaningless, <laughs> but yeah. The king like comes there. His the kingsmen come there. And I'm like, well, how they just pop up out of nowhere. That was the only thing that really tripped me up in this film. But anyway, it's a movie. Who fucking gives a shit? Um, then he be pen, pretends to be a slave. Some guy who has like a fucking 12 pack and, you know, who's built like an absolute fucking unit just decides to be a peasant all of a sudden. And I'm supposed to believe that. But the Kingsman did. So sure. Why can't I? Then he meets our girl, our girl Anya. And they're kind of just hanging out. And he's like, oh, my goodness, you're my friend. And she's like, I'm a witch and I'll suck you off. Put your seed in me and we can be something cool. And I'm like, wow, this really took a twist. Um, he finds the king. Uh, or the fake king, the guy who killed his dad, and he's like, I need to get revenge. So he calls on Anya and who's connected to the earth or whatever, and they start fucking plotting their revenge and doing, like, I don't, curses on them or things like that. I don't really fucking know. Then all of a sudden, they're going out and they're playing, like, cricket or some shit, and the guy who has a 12-pack just oddies someone, um, kills him, because uh, the big guy bodied the son, so he gets some respect, and that's when they still keep on putting the hexes on them. Uh, the guy tapes a few naked men and slaughters them to a fucking building. Um, he slaughters just a few more men. He takes the his stepson's heart and just rips it out of his soul. And then uh, he kills his mother. He kills his kid. He goes after his revenge. And then all of a sudden he dies and they go to the gates of hell where he can face off against the uh, his uncle who killed his regular family who killed his dad if you've seen hamlet you know what the fuck i'm talking about and everyone who's who listens to this you're around my age you you've read hamlet at one point in your life i haven't read hamlet actually i didn't i didn't make that connection i never had to read hamlet in school yeah you're missing out on great literature yeah but i don't i don't give a fuck about literature i care about cinema buddy um that's interesting, though, dude, because, uh... <laughs> yeah, this, oh, this... Came before, this came before Hamlet, so Hamlet's based on this. What's what's the main character's name in this? Hamlet, which is, like, kind of a yeah, weird... Yeah, Hamlet. Yeah, yeah, it's basically just, it's Hamlet, dude. Oh, no, no, I was going to say, I'm, I'm going to sound terrible for saying this. The whole, the, the, the property or the project that came to my mind when watching this, because I just finished it, was the entire time Assassin's Creed Valhalla. <laughs> because... Dude, I'm serious. Assassin's Creed Valhalla has almost the same plot or structure on it. Little dude, so part of this like Hamlet. Then. Yeah, well, the beginning. Yeah, dude. Little uh, little dudes, you know, in his Viking village or whatever. 
Uh, dad gets fucking brutally murdered. Wife or his wife's taken away or whatever, and the kid has to run away. And gets trained and joins a wolf pack type of thing. Or no, in Assassin's Creed, he's attacked by a wolf, and that's okay. his ability. He's the wolf kissed. So he goes forward, um, starts his own Raven clan and going on whatnot. Yeah, dude, this reminded me a lot of Assassin's Creed. And I think that was a good thing, honestly. I was coming off the high of that. So this had me fucking pumped the whole time. It was interested. But keep going on, Daniela. No, that's it, dude. That's how it ends. They go to the gates of hell and he battles his uncle. You want to oh, I thought you were going to go on about the, the battle. Oh, he kills him. Yeah, it was just in a volcano. I thought that was cool. No, Which yeah. I was kind of hoping we get a scene where he goes through, like, getting into the volcano. But, you know, what can you fucking do? Oh, and he had kids that lived on to make a kingdom. Yeah, that was cool. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, what are your initial thoughts, Curtis? So, initial thoughts is... Um, so, I only saw this movie about, like, maybe like a, like a day or two ago. So, it's still kind of fresh. Um, I think... It's good, but it's clunky. I think there's a lot of solid ideas in here that could have been expanded upon. Mm. I think overall, like I, the, I mean, the acting is fine, setting is good. I think cinematography-wise, I think it's actually pretty okay. Um, yeah, it's there's a lot of clunky parts where, like, you know, so I'm like, what the fuck does this mean? What is this? And because I've read Hamlet, I actually really enjoy Hamlet. I got that vibe immediately, and I'm just like, okay, well, I kind of know what these story beats are, but I'm excited to see what your interpretation of like ba- like this story based on this setting is kind of mm. like. And I think for me, it kind of falls kind of like not flat, but kind of like okay. Um, because okay. I've seen like I've seen like a lot of mixed reviews coming from people. Um. Yeah, I I mean I think the acting is good. There's just a lot of like story beats that are like kind of clunky. Um, uh, what is it? Skarsgård is the main our main character. Yeah. I I think he's okay. I was I've never I was never really a big Skarsgård guy. Um, he's fine. I think what is it? Nicole Kidman's in this. Is that who that is? That is Kidman. Yeah, yeah. I think she's probably honestly like the highlight of the movie because she's just kind of really weird, weird and wacky. I think she does her role really well. Um. Yeah, I mean, coming off of Lighthouse, I think because this is obviously this is like his big budget movie, like obviously, mm-hmm. and I don't know maybe if that with maybe there's the more of like a studio input into a lot of this that I feel like there are some decisions that could have been made that maybe he wouldn't have done with like say Lighthouse for Witch that I think was done just to satisfy like the people who are funding this personally. Um, those are my two cents. Kind of just kind of coming off of the high of like you know watching mm-hmm. it for the first time only a few days ago. Those are my like initial thoughts. Okay, that's interesting, dude. Um, before we get into like Danilo's initial reactions to this, um, I want to ask you this real quick, Curtis. What's on my mind? Um, sure. You know, obviously, you guys see the inspiration from Hamlet, and I <laughs> saw the inspiration from Assassin's Creed Valhalla. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um. There's one thing, dude, I kept noticing throughout this entire thing that stapled the Assassin's Creed thought in my mind. And because you're a big gaming guy, Harold, or not Harold, Jesus fucking Christ, we just had him on last week. Dude, listen, you're just, Jesus Christ, dude. 
Dude, it's been a fucking... Oh. It's all right, You're dude. good. Okay. Harold, I love you. <laughs> Since you're a big gaming guy, Curtis, did you notice the constant, like, over-the-right-shoulder position the camera kept doing for yep. every, like, action scene that Skarsgård was getting ready to square up to? Oh, yeah. Okay. It was very prominent. Very, very glad you also noticed that as well, dude. It was, it was pretty neat, because throughout this, it felt like a seamless cutscene very often. Oh, yeah. Um, you definitely tell when something was, like, getting ready to transition, because it, like, it would, like, zoom, and then start to, like, turn your... Okay, action yeah. scene's coming up. Exactly. All right, cool. <laughs> Danilo, what are some of your initial reactions to this? Yeah, dude. Um, I, With Robert Eggers, I expect the spectacle. I, I expect the spectacle of just weirdness. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's what he's very, very good at. This, to me, seemed like a movie where the studio was like, wow, man, you just killed it two times. We want to give you some money for your next film. Whatever you want to tell, go right ahead. And he's thinking in the back of his mind, well, fuck. I have to, I'm, I'm, I'm getting this huge budget, and so I'm going to have to make money back. I know if I make another movie like The Lighthouse, I ain't going to get that money back. However, if I make a movie that's kind of universal, I may be doing good and also keeping my roots of some type of weirdness, but majority of it's, you know, a story that's already been told a thousand times. Mm-hmm. I may get my money back. And that's what it feels like. This feels like a sellout Robert Eggers, in my opinion. That's harsh to say. It really is. His directing is there. His dialogue is there. It's just the topic that he told, I couldn't care for Going into it, though, I knew this was going to be like Hamlet. I'm like, this seems a lot like Hamlet. The uncle kills the dad, and he goes back. And I'm like, that's basically what Hamlet is. But I'm like, but it's Robert Eggers, so he's going to put a twist on it or something like that. Well, he didn't, because there was no twist to put on it since this came before Hamlet. You know, like, this was the original story. Um, There were some, when he went weird with this, that's when I liked it. When we see Brace's girl with the Pegasus, I was like, damn, that's sick. Um, when they're doing the drugs and, you know, he's like reaching into his heart and stuff, everything like that. That's cool. The witch, amazing. The, um, what was the other one? Um, that weird black and white, that sex scene. I was like, what, what am I watching right now? Like, like what's going on here? That was cool. Um, and then obviously the gates of hell. Like I have my opinions on like how he even died. Um, Hamlet or whatever his fucking name is, the main character. Like, I was like, this is cool. Like, they're in the afterlife right now. And they didn't even need to tell me that. Like, I know that's where they are. Mm-hmm. But because this story to me was so, like, generic, I wasn't overly impressed with it. And I think that's what kills kills my viewing experience with this whole thing. It is choppy, like Curtis says. It's very just, like, chapter-wise, which is cool. You know, nothing wrong with chapters. Because I put chapters in, in my film. But... It seemed like we were just jumping sometimes. Um, and I thought there was going to be the big twist there with Nicole Kidman. You know, kind of a twist, but kind of not at the same time. I was like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know, man. I went to an early showing of this. I was very excited to go to that. I, it just didn't click for me my first time watching this. I saw it about a week and a half, and I still don't have the right words to describe how I feel about this film. So I do need to go watch it again before it leaves theaters. Um because it is one of these, it's you know, regardless of how big his budget is, he's still a small filmmaker. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, I mean, especially since this came out of focus features, for crying out loud. Mm. But yeah, dude, it was just, um, 
it seemed very generic, and I, I didn't like that. I wanted some. I wanted a spectacle of just wild shit happening. Like when he fought the knight, dude, or his dad, or whatever. I thought that was cool. That reminded me of the Green Knight. That did, yes, yes, it did, actually. I know exactly what you're talking about. When he's in the, um, it's like a dream sequence, and he has to push yeah, him yeah. into the moonlight, yes. Yeah, and the crows being like a sim- symbolic dude. Like, when he went weird with this, I was like, keep it. Keep well, it. Well, the crows, that's within, like, the mythology with, like, Viking stuff, yeah. I yeah, like I seeing it visually, saying, yeah, but I get that, too. Yeah. Where are we going, Robert? You're having your weird stuff to appeal to me, but then you're going back to just, like, well, I'm off to play a thing of pickup game with my fucking stepbrother. And I'm like, sick, dude. Sick. If I wanted to turn on the Australian Olympics, I could. <laughs> but, I don't know. Dude. Like, it, it was a generic story to me, so I wasn't, I wasn't impressed. Okay, dude. Maybe I was just coming off the high of, like, playing, a, you know, pouring 80-something hours into Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Because I love the fuck out of this. Um, you know, Vikings never really interested me growing up, um, but I kind of powered through getting into Assassin's Creed Valhalla, just because I was a fan of the fran- of Assassin's Creed more than anything. Um, but it kind of opened my eye more into it. You know, pirates always my thing growing up, but Assassin's Creed kind of opened my eye, the mythology became a little bit more interesting, I'm hearing the dialogue throughout the entire game, so I'm familiar with it. That is, you know, one thing I struggled with The Witch, because I watched The Witch after The Lighthouse. And, um, yeah, I have my own thoughts on The Witch. We'll get to of next week's LFG, of course. Um, but, like, the dialogue, is it's hard to take in. Like, I have to watch The Witch with dialogue, or with, uh, subtitles. You know, The Lighthouse, I feel like I was a bit more prepared, because I was, you know, reading a little bit of it here and there. You know, I was hearing some of these stories over summer or whatnot, being in that environment. But, like, for the Northmen, after hearing 80 hours of this constantly, I was used to it. Everything sounded a bit more natural, finally, for me. Um, you know, the story beats were also still there. And they do that that constant camera movement behind the shoulder, where it does feel like a game. I feel Im- immersed entirely in the story. Um... You know, the pacing was a little bit weird at times, but I didn't mind it. It felt like the the final battle had more impact because this felt choppy. Like, I believe this was over his entire life or, you know, a 10 to 20 year span compared to this being over a few weeks like some other films. So I'm okay with the choppiness and the pacing. Um, I think cinematography, you know, it looks gorgeous. Um, I don't, I've seen some complaints here and there. Saying like some shots just look funky or almost CGI'd, but I don't, I didn't bug me whatsoever while watching the film. Um, I don't know wh- it, what this is. It's like this family tree sequence where we see like the past like ancestors of this specific family um, and like the potential futures too. And I think what's really neat is how we get to the potential of fate. Of when Skarsgård meets Aunt the witch, Anya's character. And he discovers, yeah, I'm going to have a kid with you. His fate is unwritten, unwritten, though. And it's based off of what I decide. And so I thought that was pretty cool. Because, you know, we've been seeing more and more in some properties. Um, like the Marvel stuff, for example. Like their interpretation of the afterlife and whatnot. Specifically like Black Panther, um, Moon Knight, and Shang-Chi. And I was like, okay... We're taking that almost visual approach that they're doing 
and applying it to how they're just viewing their like ancestors and like heritage and whatnot. So I thought that was visually a really cool thing they could could have done or they did do with this movie. Um, yeah, I fucking I loved it honestly. This felt like a grand epic, like an odyssey for me almost. Um, Jake, what are some more some more thoughts for you for this? So. I went to this movie last week. It was my birthday movie. I took two of my friends that don't really see movies that much. <laughs> and uh, that was fun. But, of course, as always with me, the screen was blurry and it was too zoomed in. The sub Every time there were subtitles, couldn't read shit. Couldn't read shit. So I went back again today to the same theater, stupid me, to see it again to have that proper experience. Mm-hmm. And it was still an issue. So I went out and I told him, hey, came here last week. And it was the same thing. So it's been a week now and people have experienced this movie not not to the optimum potential, right? And she's like, I'll go take a look at it. Goes, takes a look at it, and uh, comes back and says, everything's formatted, right? And I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm going to see the bad guys because I'm not watching this movie again this way. <laughs> so I went to go see the bad guys. <laughs> But, Yo, um, you like that movie real quick? It, I actually did. Yeah, it was pretty good. But um, <laughs> so, so, so saw the bad guys today. I went with my girlfriend. My girlfriend was about to see The Northman with me. But now we're going tomorrow. So I am going to go see it tomorrow at the theater that has never done me wrong. So I'm going tomorrow to the better theater. The proper However, theater. <laughs> all the bullshit aside, I loved it. I love the movie. Um, It was like the most badass shit I've ever seen. I, I was like... I was like, I felt so good just watching this movie and being like, this like hyper like masculinity just oozes off of Alexander Skarsgård the whole time, and he's so badass, and it's just like, I, there's not a lot of di- like he's yeah he's not a great actor, like he's not the best actor of all time, but they know how to use him in this movie, and I felt like just this this hulking brute of a man that mm-hmm. is just like, that is just like I'm I'm going to fulfill this whether i die or live i don't give a fuck like i love that i love how he's just like you know i'm gonna fulfill my fate like i'm gonna defend my father's name i'm gonna avenge my mother which we find out is you know not the case but i like that twist i thought that was that was kind of interesting um and gave nicole kidman something to do because like for most of the movie i'm like why did you cast her like she's just kind of standing around i agree dude until that scene and i was like all right Good stuff. Um, but yeah, no, Anya Taylor-Joy was fantastic. Alexander Skarsgård was fantastic. Um, all the actors that are, like, you know, well-known uh, kind of come in and out. Um, it does bother me that, like, Robert Eggers was given this budget and, like, he's not going to see that return. And it bums me out because I want more movies like this because this is so, like... I mean, it's not, like, wholly original, as we've kind of been saying, it is based on the Hamlet stuff, and it's, um, you know, it's 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 kind of derived from like it, it reminded me of like the Revenant and stuff like that. Like like this has been a story that we've seen before, like Revenge Quest. Um, I don't know, but something about this one just really like stuck with me, and I've been thinking about it ever since I saw it, and I'm like really like excited to see it again. Um, and that's why I refuse. I'm like I'm not sitting here and watching this again. Blurry I agree, dude. Titles come I'm like, I need to watch this in the Dolby Theater at the AMC, like 20 minutes away. I don't care. I'm gonna go see this properly because, like, mm. this deserves it. 
Um, but yeah, no, it, it does, like, there are, like, kind of, um, there are some moments that are a little slow. You know, I was kind of, like, bored for some of it. But even then, it's, like, thinking back on it, I love how it's not, like, it doesn't rush. You know, it's, like, he gets he, he gets to the king, like, to the to the guy he's after very early on. Like, it's, like, it doesn't take too long for him to get back to his kingdom and to, like, and he can exact this revenge whenever. But, like, that, like, that slow kind of, like, fucking with him and, like, Mm. destroying everything that he's built i thought was just it was great like it was so like petty and like i i loved it like i thought it was just like i'm gonna fuck with you before i kill you um and that something about that really spoke to me and then when they're you know kind of clear of danger and like yeah he can go and live this great life with with his with his now wife and have these kids and like continue on his legacy it's like Nah, man, but I'm always going to be unfulfilled. And, like, when, when he kissed her, I was, like, or whatever, that, that, like, little moment where, like, they had the tree. I'm, like, are they related? Like, what the fuck is happening? Like, I was nervous. I was, like, are he and Anya Taylor-Joy, like, you know, in the Is that what's going on right now? Because I didn't know mm-hmm. if that was a part of history where it's, like, you know. I thought so, too, at first. I, I agree. Because yeah, they are of the same royal family, it's, it's like, even better. Like, I, I thought that was what was going to happen, but I was, like, okay. Thank God, but like, <laughs> it's gonna be like Gladiator of Joaquin Phoenix, <laughs> like that. I was like, "What's what are we doing here?" But then, like, you know, obviously, it's like, yeah, she can just now continue on his name. Um, and it was like that scene earlier where um, I think it's Bjork. I'm not familiar with uh, the actress, but uh, the one like the weird like witch doctor lady in like, the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, she basically like, prophesizes the whole thing right there, where she's kind of like. Yeah, no, like, you do your thing, but, like, make sure, you know, she gets, has these babies, because, like, you can, you don't matter to this at all. Like, you can exact your quest, you can die, but by the end of it, um, you need to make sure you continue on your name. Because, like, that was all they really had back then. Like, they lived these short lives, and really it's all about your name, and it's all about, like, who you are and, like, defending your honor. So I thought all that was, like, really well done. Um, I thought the action, while kind of sparing and not really present throughout most of it, when it is there, it's done and it's directed so well. Like, it's like it's not like John Wick or anything like that, but it's mm-hmm. like, it, it's so real. Like, it feels very, like, there's something going on everywhere, and it's like, the way he, like, kind of framed it all, and it's like, there's shit going on in the background... You know, animals are getting fu- like like everything was going on, and I'm like, this guy really kind of mapped this out and planned everything out really well. And I thought like, even like that, that volcano fight, like because I, I remember the trailers and stuff. I didn't really, I tried to avoid trailers as much as I can. And when most of the action goes down, I'm like, oh, there's ten minutes left. There was a little volcano part in the trailer. I was like. I was like so excited for the volcano part. I was like, <laughs> I'm ready for this. Whatever is gonna happen. And it was, like, a little bit too brief, but, like, I, something about it was so fucking cool. Like, just these two, you know, men just fucking, just raw, like, fighting. That's how I imagine how the end of Lord of the Rings would have been as a kid. Right, yeah. It was, like, (laughs) so badass. And I was just, like, these, it's just, like, you can feel it all. Like, it's, like, it's so Mm. hot. They're on their dying, like, they both know they're not getting out of this. 
Yeah, you can see um, they're barefoot in there too. It's so like it just look, and they're right next to the lava. I'm just like, like this looks. They're fully naked because it's so fucking hot in there too, man. I know. It's, it's wild, and you feel everything. Like you feel all the slices and dices and all that shit. And it was, you know, and it was like a perfect ending to this, where it was just like, no, yeah, like he goes down, mm-hmm. knowing that his legacy is gonna continue. But he did what he had to do from frame one or like, you know, whatever, 10 minutes into the movie when all this happens, he, he exacts his revenge. And I thought it was very fulfilling. Um, I'm like, it's like my second favorite movie of the year so far. I, I am so excited to see it again so I can like properly be like, all right, where is it going to lie? Um, but I fucking loved it. It's also teetering number two for me. Um, that and Batman, you know, back neck to neck for me. Okay, yeah, see, you get it. Um, gosh, man, you know, instead of asking for your final thoughts on this thing, and of course, if you have any, feel free to mention it. But the main question I want to ask, um, because I think you know, aside from some you know minor differences here and there with the Northman, I, I think everyone here really likes Robert Eggers as the director, right? So I'm going to go and ask this, you know, what is your rating for the Northman? But also what is, what time period, what piece do you want to see him work on? Like not necessarily next, but just a piece you want to see him cross along at some way in his career, whether it be a bigger budget thing like the Northman or something smaller, artsy and more contained like, you know, Lighthouse for the Witch. Is there any time period you want him to explore specifically, Jake? Um... I'm very interested. I know that's kind of been put on hold, but I would be. I would love to see a Nos, his Nosferatu remake. I'm very curious about that because I know that was like going to happen, but for mm-hmm. whatever reason, it was halted. Um, I'm kind of curious, and this is like kind of weird and out there. I would be curious to see what a Robert Eggers futuristic movie would be like because he's not interested in this time period. He's not interested. No, he's inter- He said he's interested in anything other than now. So I would love to see what his take on maybe the future would be that or like 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 something with with volcanoes again i need it um (laughs) but uh yeah no a futuristic robert eggers movie would be something that's just like that would that would make me like really excited but um anything this guy can do anything um you know I, i i hope he doesn't just go and like get pushed around by like some studio next time because i know like he has come out and said like some things about how he's like yeah i there are some things about the Northman that I would have changed and done differently. And he, like, hates the witch now, which I think is just, like, is, like, super inspiring from a director to be like, yeah, no, you know, I did a lot of things wrong there. And, I, and, it, and I'm like, that movie's fucking great. What do you mean? And it's 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 fun. Let's be, like, the creative, you know, because we all see that where we watch, like, our past work and we're like, yeah, I could have done this better. I should have put more mm-hmm. time into this. I should have done this. And like to hear Robert Eggers talk about like how much he beats himself up over certain little minute details that you wouldn't even think about is really inspiring. So I would love to anything from this guy would just be gold. Okay, man. What would your rating be for this one too? Um, I'm gonna give it a coruscant for now. Oh, that's what I'm sitting at. It's also a coruscant, obviously. You know, we've been we've been yeah. sucking this movie off the whole fucking episode. Um, for me, dude, the time period, a period piece, I would love to see him do Pirates, bro. I've, that was my thing as a kid. I've praised the Pirates of the Caribbean films plenty of time on the podcast. It's time for something else. Honestly, in the last 20 years, 
I couldn't tell you a single other pirate movie other than that Disney franchise. And fuck it. I think Robert Eggers is the safe bet to go. Give him a shot at it. You know? Oh, that's a lie. I, I do know the pirates don't do anything. That's also, exactly right, buddy. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> saw that in theaters as well. Um, Danila, what's the period piece of his you want to see, and as well as the rating of the Northmen? Pharaohs. I would love to see him do something with the Pharaohs and all those fucking mythical creatures that are in that. Uh, that or like Greek or Roman or something like that. Um, More mythology stuff, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's where he thrives. Um, this, for me, is a solid Naboo as of right now. Okay. It is solid Naboo. I just I, I just wanted more from him because I know he can do more. Mm. It seems like he was just trying to get that money back. Um yeah, like it. Uh, his he has solidified himself as a fantastic director, though, one hundred percent. I mean, I like Ari Aster's stories better, but their their directing styles and the way they frame shots are almost neck and neck. Like it's absolutely beautiful. If you put his films next to each uh, next to Ari's films, like they're, they're gorgeous. The cinematographers on on the projects are absolutely gorgeous. Um, mm. But yeah, dude, it's an, it's an abu. Um, my, like going off to Jake's point though, my favorite part was that, uh, volcano scene. I thought it was done very, very well. Um, to my knowledge, like they're dead at that point and we see a lot of blood on his neck or whatever, or on his shirt. So I thought he got decapitated. It's when he like, was stabbed by the, the, the kid. Yeah, I know that, but yeah. like you oh. die somehow. So how are you going to show mm-hmm. that you die? I would like to think that it's, he got decapitated. I would, dude. Like, someone probably decapitated him just like how his father did and just like how he did someone else. I don't mm-hmm. want to think that it's just some cheap out because the kid stabbed him. That would make me hate Robert Eggers. That's just lazy. <laughs> it is, dude. It's just lazy. He like stabbed like 20 fucking times in the back, dude, in the neck. Okay. He's still in the afterlife, though, right now. So something from his present had to have killed him. Yeah, yeah, dude, because he's bleeding out walking into a fucking volcano to go fight this man. That's metaphorical, dude. He's actually not walking into a straight-up volcano. If he stepped on a, if he stepped on the lava, I doubt he would have went up in flames, dude. I know, I'm giving you shit. That's what I like about his, that's what I like about his wits up, dude. It's open for interpretation. Mm. I but love the, movie, the ending of Valkyrie scene. Yeah, Braces Girl, that was, that was sick. Yeah, dude. Good shit. Good shit. Curtis, what about you, man? What is the time period or a period piece of Robert Eggers you'd like to see him explore? So I have two ideas that came to me. Okay. Is um one I agree with uh, Daniel with like something like Roman Greek, something like in Italy, I think would be very interesting. Um, I would actually also really like him to see do something of like Japanese mythology. So I think he can get really creative with a lot of that kind of imagery with his style of directing. Okay. I think he, there could be a lot of fun shots with that. Um, or, like, something with Italy, maybe, like, how we idolize, like, a, like a lot of the Renaissance stuff, but maybe he does a film where, like, he shows how, how actually just how grungy it was for like, a lot of, like, up-and-coming artists, like, if you weren't, like, Da Vinci, Michelangelo, any of those major guys. I mean, was just rough for you to get into that. I think that'd be interesting. Um, Northman, for me... I think I'm on the same page with Danilo. I think it's a solid Naboo for me. Um, I think when the parts that are very clearly Roger's stuff, I think is where the movie shines. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the kind of stuff we've known him to do. 
not to say the rest of the movie's bad, but it's definitely he's doing it in a way to where he's playing more safe in a lot more areas to where when he has his like his moments they stand out more um so this might be like a couple like a rewatch movie for me just have like a better idea of like you know where he's coming from with a lot of this but for me this is definitely a Naboo this is probably I think out of the three probably my least favorite of his oh okay damn no, I, I really enjoy the witch. I, I like the I like the idea of the witch. Northman, I need to re, I need to watch more of before I have a solid idea of like what I can get around that movie. It's fair. I'm glad you are you're, you know you guys are willing to want to go ahead and give this rewatches and agree to that. Oh yeah, because like, that's the thing with Roger movies is like you can rewatch it and get something new out of it. Mm-hmm. So maybe in my next video I'll see something new and be like, oh okay, I see where he was going for at least for this particular section. Maybe my mind will be open on that. I want to see this in Dolby if possible next, dude. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. After seeing Sonic 2 in Dolby, I'm, I want to see every fucking thing in there. Exactly, bud. I exactly. wish I saw the Batman, dude. Exactly, dude. Dolby is where it's at. I didn't know also of Dolby, you're getting a visual enhancement, too. I thought it was just audio. No, yeah, dude. It, it's better than IMAX, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Hey, you're just missing the size. That's it. I mean, fuck that. If you're having a better experience, everything else, you know. Gosh. The only time I'll do an IMAX is if it's like the whole movie is that. You know what I mean? That's the only time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Instead of like, like the black bars coming every. Like, I hate that shit. Yeah. Alexi yeah, I... is an IMAX. Like Doctor Strange, I believe, is full the whole time. So like that's good. Like but, something like that's filled with IMAX in mind. To yeah, where they can actually just extend stuff. the whole shit, yeah. I well, see that. Eternals was doing that the whole fucking time too. That's so annoying. Eternals was the worst example, dude. In the middle of the, uh, I think it's when they're getting Gilgamesh, the forest fight scenes where what everything just hits the Gilgamesh, dude. How do you remember that character's <laughs> name, bro? That blows my mind. I couldn't tell you a single name of those characters, dude. <laughs> Pixie is the one who I think of as the little fucking small redhead girl. Oh, yeah. And fake Superman. Oh, you mean uh, Pixie Sprite? That's her name. Yeah, who gives a fuck, dude? What a <laughs> god awful movie. That, that's, I think, when I. That's when Marvel lost me, bro. I haven't even bought it. That's the one MC movie I'm just not buying. Fuck the collection at this point. I don't want that. I don't want Venom 2 physically. I don't want Morbius. Oh, um, you sure? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? I sent you the link for the steelbook. You did, <laughs> and I didn't click on it. <laughs> it, it was a malware link, dude. Oh, that good. <laughs> uh, I did get the Spider-Man No Way Home one uh, release. That was a fucking mess, though. Yeah, lucky for you, bud. I just have the regular slip one. I just got today. I got the Walmart exclusive of him sitting down in front of the screens. I yeah. like that artwork. I think that should have been the regular uh, Blu-ray art. Honestly, no. That is that is good. That was good, and even Target wasn't that bad. I like Target too. Target was different. But yeah, man. I think it's gonna wrap it up for the Lighthouse and the Northman, Danilo. Yeah, I think so too, dude. I think so too. Well, stay tuned next week to see if I'm employed, um, <laughs> or not. Um, I'll be sure to give you guys an update on, on the Twitter world on Friday. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure that out. Stay tuned for next week on the LFG. Uh, Danilo, you're doing one on the Witch. Yeah, dude. I good, am. Good plug. Good fucking plug, dude. I'm excited for it. 
Yeah, I bet you are. You're real fucking excited. <laughs> no, I am. I like that movie better than the uh, better than the Northman. I, I was with Curtis on it. Like the Northman ranks dead last me with his stuff. Sick, sick one for the spoilers, bud. Spoilers? Yeah, for the LFG. Sick one. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah, stay tuned for that LFG next week. On the main show, we're doing a Nick Cage double feature, talking about the unbearable weight of massive talent and a favor of Danilo's. It's not a favorite, dude. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. That's exactly right. National Treasure. Okay, yeah. Sick introduction, dude. God. Stay tuned next week for those episodes. Curtis, my friend, I think if you come on the show, you already know. You're, you basically live here with us, bud. Where can our listeners find you? Uh, they can find me over at uh, twitch.tv slash Curtis Shack. Um, we're going to be um, getting the new setup soon started. We're actually going to be streaming me and my friends our um, D&D campaign soon. Oh, sweet. So be on the lookout for that. Um, that's probably going to be, once we get all that set, it'll t- probably every Saturday with like recaps on like Wednesdays. That'd be dope. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so stay tuned for that. Um, me and my buddy, we're finalizing some ideas for our animation cartoon podcast that we're going to be starting up soon. So stay tuned for that. Um, oh, yeah. I think that's about it. Okay, bro. Okay. Okay. Jake, what about you, man? You guys got anything uh, new coming up over at Mayhem Pictures? Uh, you guys can look forward to the first kind uh, proof of concept, uh, hopefully coming within the next month. I'm <laughs> kind of removed from that, so I it, it'll come when it comes. Uh, but you can find me on Instagram at uh, Jakey Lemon, and uh, obviously YouTube Mayhem Pictures, and uh, the uh, podcast The Mayhem Zone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Danilo, my friend, I guess we'll go ahead and uh, wrap this up this week. Yeah, I think so as well, man. We got a lot of content everywhere. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, uh, fucking YouTube, Galaxy of Film Productions. You dropped your shit on there. Uh, I forget what it's called. The Curse. What is it? The Summoning yeah. of Pariapus. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That was actually pretty cool, man. I did watch that. That was actually pretty, pretty oh, cool. Oh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Uh, dude, listen. Why wouldn't I watch it? That that's bumps exactly up the view. Right. That Stay bumps tuned. up the view. Stay tuned, guys. If you're going to Star Wars Celebration, we're going to be there. We're giving out exclusive stickers, so check out that video with the design feature and everything. We got some exclusive content coming up for that trip, too, Danilo. You know, a lot of, yeah, a lot of shit coming. Yeah, we do. Boy, oh, boy, am I excited. Yeah, I can tell. Well, <laughs> when's, when, when's the Dune Celebration, bud? Oh, gee. <laughs> I'm going to be booing these people when they walk out on stage, bud. Yeah, that's what you do when Ewan McGregor walks out. You're gonna boo him? No, not Ewan. When I see the Book of Boba Fett cast come out, I'll be like, "Yo, what happened after after the first three episodes?" Boo! <laughs> You're gonna hear me, dude. You should get Tamir Morrison to sign a copy of Dune on 4K. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get a thing of Tamir Morrison signing just a photo of me crying because the Book of Boba Fett was the worst thing I've watched in my entire life. Or you can get a picture of Tamir Morrison in the suit riding in the sandworm instead of the Rancor. <laughs> or, dude, I'm going to get him to sign a, my Mandalorian photo and be like, better TV show. <laughs> better better, better character in your entire show. When it's Din just holding up the Darksaber after he sliced the guy in half, I'll be like, yo, tomorrow, si- sign this for me, bro. Fuck oh. You, anyway, though, dude, if you're a Little Caesars, please sponsor us. If you're, um, who else is out there who wants Snapple? If you're Snapple, please sponsor us. But Little Caesars, please. I even put it on our Instagram, dude. Sponsor us, Little Caesars. Bye, guys.
I'm a wiki. 